Hi everyone, welcome to the right conversation where sometimes I am not always right. Um, if you're new here, welcome. If you are a returner, hi, hello, how are you? Today I have two very special friends of mine, DJ and Tara. Thanks for having me. Hello. Alright guys, we're about to kick it off. Um, today's topic, I'm not going to say is hefty, but we're going to get down to the nitty and the gritty. So we're basically going to be talking about oppression in the classroom and just um, subtopics about that. So let's first go over just like the basics of K through 12 classroom rules. I think we love and know all of those. My favorite is dress code. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> how about y'all? Um, as far as like dress code or like other rules? Anything, honestly. Um, I I kind of like touch on the aspects of asking to do every like step. So mm-hmm. like, I want to go sharpen my pencil. I need to raise my hand and go do that. You mm-hmm. know, go to the bathroom. Having limitations on that. That's kind of like my thoughts. Yeah, for a dress code, especially mm-hmm. being a woman, um, mm-hmm. it targets you a lot more than it targets men. And then also the like DJ said, going to the bathroom stuff. The fact you have to ask to do like a normal bodily function is kind of crazy to me. And I feel like one thing, like, I'm glad that you, like, mentioned, like, bathroom and, like, having to ask. Like, I remember, you remember, like, when teachers would be smart with us, they'd be like, hey, can we go to the bathroom? They're like, can you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, like, I, I, would hate I just got to pee. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go pee. use the bathroom. And I think you guys all know that I get a little TMI on this show, and I don't really care because we were full force on this podcast. I remember I was in seventh grade, and, you know, I'm a woman. I have woman bodily functions. So... I, sorry, DJ, I, <laughs> <laughs> I asked my teacher, he is a, he was a black teacher and a man, doesn't matter, he's black anyways, Um, and I was like, can I go to the bathroom? And he was like, you just went like 10 minutes ago. I was like, yeah, I had to go to the bathroom. He was like, why? My other teacher, she was there and she was like, you didn't let her go to the bathroom. He was like, oh, oh, I understand. And he had two daughters. Like, sir, what are you doing? Also, I'm glad y'all touched on um, <laughs> clothes, too, because not being able to wear, like, or not being able to show your shoulders, mm-hmm. but then, like, guys can wear, like, um, like T-shirts, like the white T-shirts. That made me mad. I had a actually a point on that. I was in gym class in high school, and girls weren't allowed to wear tank tops. You had mm-hmm. to wear T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And these guys were playing basketball during gym chat during gym class um, with their shirts just completely off, and they didn't say anything about that. But girls couldn't even wear tank tops. Mm-hmm. And what's so like you know distracting about it? Their shoulders. Let's be real. I think it's like a double standard at a certain point. I've seen something. I don't know where it was, but it was like. Um, most of the time they have the dress code to protect the girls from older men. But I feel like at a certain point, why are they inside of the school? Mm-hmm. You know, like I I work with kids and I'm not looking at the little girls like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, you know, like mm-hmm. they look so good. I look at them like that's a kid. Like, I don't think if you have that person in that setting, they're in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just like a cop out to like showcase to everything else that you control people, mainly women on um, starting like at that young age, because it's already like reinforcing and condition that in your mind that mm-hmm. like I have to follow like certain rules just because the way that I look. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about that in my classroom too, about like how clothes, um, how like our clothes and how like we dress were controlled in K through 12 um, grade level. And, like, from, like, middle school, elementary school, and high school, you have, like, I don't want to say more freedom, 
when you like as you go through like different grade levels because you still like have to be walked to class walk to different classes walk to the cafeteria escorted to the playground that was kind of always stupid to me we're literally going outside to the field a fenced in field why are you watching me swing on the swing um that's just my point of view from it um but yeah anything else you want to talk about i mean like with the um double standard thing i feel like more news like if we're going to talk about like adults or um pedophilia that's like a weird word (laughs) you're fine if we're going to talk about like pedophilia in general i feel like more cases that you see about like teachers and students having like sexual interactions are female teachers and male students that's become very like what's the word publicized now Mm -hmm. it's kind of odd like you know, sorry to expose people, but, like, I know, like, one teacher in my, um, the high school that I went to, she had a, she was in a relationship, um, with one of the students, but no, none of the other teachers or, like, administrators or whatever knew, but it was, like, multiple students who knew. Mm -hmm. I just think that it's, like, more apparent that women teachers are, having these relationships with the male students. But, again, I don't really think it's related to specifically an adult having a relationship with a child. I think Mm -hmm. it's related to having, like, that systematic control over a woman. Well, and, like, also going into that, it's whenever you see these cases of female teachers and male students, people always go to, like, but, like, he's so lucky. Like, Mm -hmm. he's got this older woman. Mm -hmm. And it's, again, like, it's a different double standard of, like, but if it's a male teacher and a female student, then it's, like, he's creepy. Like, he's weird. Why are we not giving that same energy to someone who's Mm -hmm. preying on a young man? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I know this is, like, outside of the classroom, but um, no shots to, like, all the Nicki Minaj friends. But, like, there's this one clip of her, like, at, it's, like, BET or MTV Mm -hmm. movie, movie awards, and... It was like her and Justin Bieber did a skit right before he turned 18 about um, like being sexual or being like in a relationship and stuff like that. And it might be all fun and games, but let if we flip those roles, that would be the most creepiest thing. Mm -hmm. Like seeing that even as like a woman, an older woman hitting on a man, I personally seen it like that's weird. Like I don't think that that should have been included in the show. and, like, people say, like, times are different, but, like, at the bad. end of the day, it's still something bad, you know? Well, mm-hmm. and even with, like, the language you use with that, and this is super off topic from K through 12, but, um, like, we call older women who, like, younger guys cougars, mm-hmm. but the guys are creepy. Mm-hmm. So, like, the women have a label that's, like, oh, like, this is normal, but, like, older men, they're just creepy. Mm-hmm. But it's creepy all around. It's creepy all around, but women just have a label. And there's a lot of labels on women, but we're talking about that later in the podcast. <laughs> Who? So... With, like, rules in classrooms and, like, what is acceptable to talk about and then what is unacceptable to talk about, I feel feel like there needs to be, like, that emphasis on, like, critical race theory in classrooms and why it is important to talk about, but it is banned in some states. I believe one is Florida, correct me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. and just talking about oppression and the history of oppression and why it is so important to talk about um such as february during black history month yes you may quote unquote learn the same thing martin luther king rosa parks um everything 
in that seg, um, everything in that area. But I feel like it's still important to talk about because you learn something new every single time. And then there's still, um, what's the word? Emphasis on it to know it's not falling behind because it is, even though a very bad part of history, it is still a part of history. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that like connects back into um, the congresswoman from New York, mm-hmm. AOC. Um, she <laughs> Queen. She talked about how it was, I forgot what meeting was at, but she brought her books um, that specifically were about marginalized communities mm-hmm. that schools were banning. Um, I think one of them was like the history of Ro- or the life of Rosa Parks or something along the lines like that. Um, just taking like small steps like that there I feel like there's no way that you can sit there and just say like we think this is better for the children of the future to not know that this mm-hmm. happened um without being seen as racist you're mm-hmm. you're cutting out what you've done to black people mm-hmm. and that's just like the simple fact of it and I don't understand how there should be a ban on what somebody learns Mm -hmm. Um, because at that point, do we really have a uh, democracy at the end of the day if um, you are controlling what somebody learns and hears? Mm -hmm. Because outside of the classroom, say like a white family, outside of the classroom, if you're a white family, let's say Republican or excuse me, let's say conservative, um, a conservative white family and out of, this stuff is not being taught in the classroom, outside of the classroom. Are you going to have those same conversations with your kids that mm-hmm. at a certain point in time, and I think still now, that people who don't look like you aren't treated the same way as you? Mm-hmm. Or are you just going to act like nothing happened? I feel like it goes to like, um, it's like this one YouTube movie where they like, or like Netflix movie where they, um, do they like kill people, but like they, don't let people know that they're killing them. And you, they, like, erase their minds and just everybody thinks it's all good. I think I'll Black watch Mirror. Was it Black Mirror? Maybe. I don't completely remember what it is. That might be it. But I watched it in school, um, mm-hmm. and it was, like, everybody – well, the movie, like, starts out in, like, black and white. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's supposed to say that everything's good in life. And then it transitions into color once people start learning, like, their true stuff. The Giver. Yes, it The was Giver. The giver. That's an interesting movie. I want to watch it. It's a good movie. It's yeah. really good. Um, also, like, just to pick up off what you said, DJ, I feel like if, like, things that happen in history, such as bad parts in history, um, such as um, slavery, Trail of Tears um, involving Native Americans, stuff happening with Native Americans now, which is, ugh. Um, anyways, the Willow Project, that's such a horrible thing to go through and to read about and that it got passed which is still a strange thing to me um but we're supposed to be helping native americans in the united states but we're destroying their land still um anyways um but i feel like if it's not going to be taught in classrooms it's not going to be taught at home and then as children grow up and they go out into the environment and they see minority groups on news or just in real life being like treat it wrongly they go and ask their parents like hey mom and dad or whoever why is this group being treated bad and they're just like oh it doesn't matter 
No, like expose your child to the, I hate to say this, but expose your child to the negative things and the flaws of the world because they're not going to learn. And they're going to think the world is perfect when in reality it is not. Well, and it's also like, DJ, you mentioned like conservative families, even like white liberal families. Like my family is very liberal, but there's only so much that a white family can teach their children about Mm -hmm. race and like race relations in the country. And like, I was lucky enough in high school, I took a honors like African-American history course. And I learned a lot of things there that I wouldn't, my parents wouldn't have taught me. Even, mm-hmm. It was taught by an old white lady. So that's a dog <laughs> on that. Um, but like given the books that we were able to read and having conversations, like if you're just taught at home and you're not allowed to speak about it at school, you never fully learn everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like critical race theory is not just about like learning about things. It's also about talking about them. Yeah, I think that like touches back to like that biggest aspect of white ignorance you know like if if a let's say like three generations or four generations down from now they're gonna have parents who went to school mm-hmm. were not taught mm-hmm. um the history of things that happened to people of color um and how they were oppressed and then um once they're being oppressed in the real world and things are happening like um like police officers and things like that, treating black people unfairly. Mm -hmm. And they're seeing that and people are like, well, we never learned any oppression about these people. It leads to that ignorance that like, oh, black people aren't oppressed. Mm -hmm. So I think that eliminating the truth about something leads to that so-called white ignorance. Like if we changed, um, what or if they changed what they were trying to take out of school so if it wasn't anything about race and they changed we don't want to talk about biology for example um and they didn't speak one word of like viruses and Mm -hmm. how those things came to be where will we be within Mm -hmm. like the next 20 to 30 years if we had no knowledge of stuff that happened in the past scientifically so we could learn and be better from there why eliminate something that it's like a trial of what you should what you should not do or what you should do what you should do better in the future. I just think about and I in twenty twenty how we went through COVID, we're still going through COVID and I would just be on TikTok and I'd be like, um, I would see how COVID nineteen is literally gonna be in history books for our future children and for future children of generations. And when you said that I just thought about like, hey, what if they decide not to put COVID nineteen in history books? People are gonna be like, Oh their parents are gonna be like, Babe, you remember COVID? The babies are gonna be like, "What's COVID?" I'm like, um, something that killed millions of people. Something very catastrophic that Obama made a playbook about, and Mr. Um Trump, um denied. Um, I'm so sorry, y'all. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Stop listening now if you don't like it. <laughs> Personally, um, so just reading like a little bit more on critical race theory, just because I um like to do my research. Um, I'm reading that. Um, that it goes from education, housing, to employment and healthcare, and I think the history of housing, education, employment, and healthcare within minority groups, women, um, just people who are systemically oppressed and underdeveloped communities, is very important. Um, because being a social major, which I talked about this so many times, you learn so many things that goes on, like with minority groups and within and with women um 
within history and with like housing, how African-American people were um, denied like the bonds is not the correct word, but basically like money put to the side. So when like they want to build income and like have like I want to say like network net net worth ish, they don't have it because it was taken away whenever slavery came, whenever <laughs> slavery came, whenever slavery was here. So then their ancestors didn't have it, so then it wasn't given to them, so forth and so on. And then with healthcare, well, HB five three three. Let's talk about that, but let's not. <laughs> and then we have overturning of Roe versus Wade. Let's talk about that, but let's not. And then we have how in history books and still in history books to this day. African-Americans don't perceive pain as other people do, and African-Americans don't feel pain as other people do, even though, granted, everyone's pain tolerance is different, but African-Americans still feel pain. I'm just saying. That kind of, like, goes back to something I learned in um, one of my bio courses. Um, All medicine was made for white people. Interesting. There was never a – there are studies that have been done – recently to like include different races and stuff but most of the medicine that we're taking now was trialed and tested on white people um and i think to the pain tolerance i think that like touches back to that like ignorance like Mm -hmm. the i think it touches on like oh these people went through slavery Mm -hmm. they don't feel nothing you know yeah so i think it just I think people are not just accepting the fact. And I can't even just say that it's just white people because there's black people who do the same mm-hmm. thing. There's Hispanic people. There's Asian people. There's Native American people who, like, have these same ignorant beliefs that nothing ever happened, mm-hmm. you know? Everything was always, like, peaches and cream. Kanye. <laughs> I was going to say Candace Owens. but <laughs> oh, Candace Owens, too. <laughs> but I think it just... The ignorance, it's knowing... Seeing what you've seen mm-hmm. and acting like nothing ever happened is, like, the biggest thing. Like, how can you degrade somebody's life experience, the pain that they went through, mm-hmm. and then act like it was nothing? You know, nobody in this country has gone through, or I don't believe personally that anybody in this country will go through or has, go, has gone through what slaves went through. You know, yeah. So, how can you speak to an experience that you not that you're not a part of? Mm-hmm. You've been so. I mean, definitely, different communities are oppressed in different ways, but you are. We're so much more privileged than those those people were to have even a uh, negative opinion on dedicating things towards them or acknowledging that something happened to them. Did you want to say something? I was about to say something. I was just going to circle back to what you mentioned about medicine and how, like, the, like, founder of, like, gynecology Mm -hmm. would test, like, disproportionately, not test, but basically torture black women. Um, That's actually, like, how he came up with a lot of the things that he did is it was, like, um, oh, my gosh, what is the word? Malpractice? No. He would literally, like, practice performing hysterectomies on, like, black women, and that's how he would, like, work that out. It was, like, disproportionately black women. And also, I believe, other uh, minority women as well. But so it's, Y'all like, can't see my face, but I'm so shocked right now. It was, like, yeah, yeah. It was all of that stuff, and it's, like, 
in our history, but nobody nobody knows about it. Like yeah. I only know about it because I read an article one time. Yeah. But it's like it's not taught enough. It's not, and a lot of things aren't taught enough. I'm and then DJ, what you had just said, um, how can you like just take away like what other people went through? Like we have African American people, we have Black History Month. It's the shortest month of the year. Twenty eight days, not even thirty, not even twenty nine. Twenty eight days. I was in high school. Twenty nine every four years. Twenty nine every four years. <laughs> <laughs> I was in high school. I wasn't even in the class when I was told this. Um, I remember one of my friends. Um, she said a classmate said. Actually, she's not one of my friends. She's one of my associates. She actually hates me. Anyways, um, one of my associates told me a classmate said in class one day. She was like, "How come y'all get a whole month?" And I was like, "Excuse me." And then that same girl told me freshman year of high school, she was like, Kyla, you're one of my favorite black people. At the time, <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> what? <laughs> At the time, being so oblivious to like, just like being young. At the time, I was just like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Now I'm just like, I know, Tara, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Don't look at me like that. T- stupid. Um, And now I'm just like, I I I I could have. <laughs> I just threw up a fist, but like I was like, oh my goodness, like that's the critical race theory thing, though. Like if you don't teach these things and have those understanding of things that happen to people of color, mm-hmm. somebody's gonna have that ignorance, you know, of like why do you get a whole month? Mm-hmm. At that point, I think that people are uh, black people um, specifically are gonna start questioning that generations down from now, um, where it's like. Why do we have this month and we're not taught the things that happen to us? You know, mm-hmm. isn't Martin Luther King Day in February? Mm, January. <laughs> it's um like three days before my birthday. Still, there's like black, there's not specifically days within February, but like we try to acknowledge black activists and leaders mm-hmm. throughout the month of February. And then like even outside of February, Juneteenth. Are we just gonna are we gonna get rid of that holiday too? Since we don't want to talk about what happened on that day, you they know? just got what passed um, by Joe Biden what two years ago? Three years yeah, ago? it's One like a ago? national. It's a federal. It's holiday a federal now. holiday now. Within critical race theory, um, I feel like you can turn it into history class. And in history lessons, one of my one of my least favorite things to discuss in history class is Christopher Columbus and how he came and discovered America when this was originally Native American land. And he basically killed um, Native Americans and their families with all the diseases that him and his little ship crew um, brought over here. And it's not discussed like it should be. And I feel like, because we hear it every day um, with like the... No offense, but, like, with the little Trumpies, how they're like, this is our land. It's not. And, like, it was Native American land first. They set foot on this land first. This is their territory, if I can even say that. And I'm like, they're just like, this is our land, and people should go back home. This is their home. Like, what do you mean? I think that, like, of course, white people didn't find this land. Mm -hmm. I think it's, like, very hypocritical to say that this is your land and that you should leave and you shouldn't or or that somebody else should leave because they don't belong here one like you said they took this land from somebody else Mm -hmm. who was already here Mm -hmm. and two on top of that wasn't there the whole war 
for America to become America and, like, separate from Britain? Yes, it was. So how can you, you know, or you might not know, but people have an understanding or a light judgment of what it took to claim a land that they did not own Mm -hmm. and be able to be accepted or freely live within that land Mm -hmm. um, in their own right way. But it's hypocritical because you have these different, like, pillars under that. One, you took um, the land from Native people, and two, you're fighting for your freedom while you have slaves. So I'm just, I feel like, I learned it, so, like, I don't understand it that way, but I feel like there's a missing piece within there of how we, how, where was the break-off where it was, like, we're stealing land from somebody, Mm -hmm. and we have slaves, but we want our freedom. So I think there's, like, pieces pieces in there that's, like, dropped out. Oh, for sure. Like, I want to know, like, I know, like, we know, like, people brought slaves from, um, people brought Black people were taken from Africa, put on a ship, brought to America as slaves. We know that. I want to know the fight back that Africans had against white people to be brought over here to America. Because I know they fought. You can't tell me that they didn't fight. But we don't read about it unless I haven't read about it. We just know they were brought on a ship. They were brought on a ship. Diseases were on a ship. They died. Their names were stripped away. We have these American names now. Not everyone. But we have these American names now in that's what we read, and then there's movies. Um, Black movies are just oppressive in itself, <laughs> um, and very disrespectful. With the well, from what I've learned in school, um, with the slave trade, um, I definitely think there was a fight back. But when you had to introduce the factor of industri- industrialism, so mm-hmm. Britain and so-called Americans had guns. Mm -hmm. People in Africa did not have those things. Mm -hmm. Um, But in order to get some of the slaves, um, and I may be wrong, but this is what I've learned, is that in Africa, tribal leaders there had their own slaves and would sell their slaves, sell their slaves for guns. And then it got to the point where it was like, we got all your slaves, so now we're going to take you yeah. in those different types of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, like, the biggest aspect of, I feel like it was no fight back at first, mm-hmm. but then when it got to that point of, like, all right, we got everybody who's a slave now. We're going to take you. Yeah. Like, Sorry. we're the one who gotcha. gave you, we're the one who gave you this stuff, and I'm sure we got plenty more things behind there. Mm-hmm. I said we. They're the <laughs> one who gave you that stuff, <laughs> so... I'm sure there's plenty more things behind there that's, like, limiting people on what they can have and how they can most effectively, you know, kill them. That's true. I always wonder, like, sometimes, like, I wish I had a time machine, but, like, not presently there, but, like, I can just view what happened in history because there's a lot of missing pieces and there's a lot of stuff that's not in history books, either because it's too violent or because... They just don't. Oh, it's not want because it's to too violent. They write full detail about war and violent That's bloody true. pictures. It's because history is written by white people about white people. That is very true. And they are you white woman. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, no, we're just gonna take this out, and it'll be fine. Like, fine to not let 
people read about history. Um, I think with um, the March on Washington and political figures such as Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Rosa Parks, um, Madam C.J. Walker, um, it is one very historical figure that I absolutely adore and love, but I can't remember her name right now. Um, she fought for um, African-American women and our right to, like, speak out on things. And she, um, they used a regular picture of her, just like a regular, just regular picture, and made it into a mugshot to where she would um, be perceived as a criminal because she was wanted. And I forgot who it was. Um, so, um, although I cannot remember her name, um, Let's educate some individuals about Ruby Bridges. Um, Ruby Bridges is a very political figure. In fact, she is still alive today. So she was one of the first um, African-American little girls to enter her school. I don't know if it was just a school, a predominantly white school in general. Oh, I know who that is. I just don't people. I don't know. Yeah, it was. Names. She was like it was one of seven. Yeah, seven kids, and I think they were the. F- First, isn't that what black uh, kids in the con in like the South or in the, I think in so. the state to go into a white school? That's not uh, Brown with Board of Education. Wasn't like a part of that time. Yeah, that was yeah. a part of the time. Um, but it was like just in it was in Alabama, right? Probably that state really be because so I drove through like, Alabama. Scary. Yeah, <laughs> I went. I went in Wendy's. Scary. Could not be me. You went inside. Inside Wendy's. <laughs> I would have been in that drive too. I had to pee. Dang. <laughs> I drove. We, my friends drove from North Carolina to Mississippi, and then we had to pee. That was our first pit stop. Um, I wouldn't even go inside of Wendy's in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go inside of Wendy's anyway. Luckily, black people were working, so you know. I, in Alabama? Yeah. I'm surprised. I feel like <laughs> Alabama's like the racist Utah. I mean, I think Utah's racist. Oh, Ohio's like, racist too. It's a lot of racist states. It's a lot of racist states. Um, More than fifty percent. More than fifty percent. Um. Okay. We talked about, you know, uh, classrooms and, like, just basically K through 12 education um, within, like, lower level. I feel like we can discuss some higher level things. I know um, in my second episode, if you guys watched it, we talked about attending a PWI as a minority student. Um, But I feel like for this segment, we can talk about um, lack of diversity in higher education, which can range from just students to professors, administration in general. Um, even though we have HBCUs and PWIs, as I did say, because we only go to a P, because we go to a PWI, um, we're only going to talk about what goes on on PWI. Um, but there is much of a lack of diversity in higher education. Um, and just not, um, at our school, other schools as well. Um, and just talking about it within like I believe there's an African American um study class here. Um I forgot what it's called, but I remember there was like a little poster for it outside of the library, like take this class. And it was taught by a white professor. And that kinda made me angry because granted you've probably done all of your research in history and I love that for you. But you don't know the experience to talk about the experience but also the history if that makes sense. Um and that kind of upsets me, but then also, me and my friend talked about this, talked about this, like being excited when we have a black professor um, teaching our classrooms. 
But for some reason, whenever I I never expect a black professor whenever I go into my classrooms. I'm always very excited when I do. Um, but I never expect it. And I never knew why. And I still don't know why. But I just don't expect it. Yeah. I think that um, definitely race is a big thing. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, we solely get caught up in that. You know, there's so many different aspects of diversity. And I think one of the biggest things is gender identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and literature, mm-hmm. um, it's always man and woman. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things are targeted towards one of those specific groups, you know. So if it's like the serial killer, uh, I've been like criminal justice classes and stuff like that. My professor will refer to serial killers as he, you know, not or if it feels like a hypothetical situation, they will refer to them as he um, or even police officers. Like I watched a lot of like true crime things and they refer to like the suspect he is, you know, um, but they don't really know who that person is. And I know that men in certain things have like a more percentage-wise of, like, committing those different types of things, but why specifically target that group, you know? Like, when you think of a teacher, most people think of a woman, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, When you think of something like a lawyer or a doctor, people start to revert their minds to men. And I've seen in, um, what was it? One of, like, the diversity committees committees that I'm on that the percentage of women in undergraduate higher education is high is higher than men but in masters and um, PhD and doctoral programs and stuff like that it switches drastically to men Um, and I think that just shows to like how your gender truly oppresses the type of education that you receive you know Mm -hmm. if somebody was if somebody used like I feel like the pronoun thing like I feel like I would say obvious, but, like, looking at me, like, I'm male presenting, you know? But I still have pronouns on my backpack that Mm -hmm. has he, him, his. Mm -hmm. And I feel like some, I don't really know how all people perceive it, but, like, I think that certain people perceive it as, like, well, obviously you're that, you know? But I think that that should be something that be incorporated into the norm, you know? Mm -hmm. Introducing yourself and saying your pronouns or even... Before assuming someone's pronouns, you ask them what their pronouns are. Um, I feel like for me personally, it's really easy for me to, like, change my thought processing on how I address people. Um, Like, if you tell me what your pronouns is, it's probably rare that I will accidentally use Mm -hmm. the wrong pronouns on you. Um, But I try to, like, in any situation, just start off by addressing somebody as they you know, mm-hmm. just to cover my bases. And if you don't want me to call you that, or if I hear you or somebody close to you refer to you as what it, I think your pronouns are, I'll switch over to that. So just starting off with something that's like neutral mm-hmm. that I don't personally believe will offend somebody. Yeah, that's fair. I agree with that. Yeah, going quickly back to what you were talking about with like automatically assuming a teacher is female. Interestingly enough, I've found that when you talk about a professor in a college, they automatically think they're male. 
I was with a friend last night, and he said, like, I was talking about a professor. A friend. <laughs> <laughs> and he was talking, I was talking about my professor, and I just used, like, they, them, like, just because I was talking about it. And he automatically was like, oh, like, does he do this? And I was mm-hmm. like, well, you were right, but why did you just go to he when I was using gender neutral? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think if we could just get in the practice more of talking about people in, like, a gender neutral way, instead of using gendered language for everything, then it gets easier. Because so many people are like, well, how do you use say them? And I'm like, you technically do it all the time. You do it all the time. People don't realize how much they do it. Hey, they're over there. It's just when people tell you that their pronouns are different than what your mind thinks they should be, all of a sudden it's like, well, how would I use that? Mm -hmm. But it's so easy. It's very easy. Yeah, I think, am I cutting you off? No. I think that just goes into shit ignorance like everybody is just so ignorant they're like you always hear that oh i don't i don't use pronouns like i've never heard of a pronoun what is a pronoun mm-hmm. did you i learned what a pronoun was in the first grade mm-hmm. you know i didn't know i mean i knew that it like specifically went towards um a certain gender but i didn't i didn't know it like on the aspect or have the understanding of it on the aspect that i have now but i just think it's so ignorant to say like i don't use pronouns like blah 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 if i think you're a she i'm gonna call you a she mm-hmm. you know and then i feel like it's very um ignorant when people choose not to respect people's pronouns um because i've been around people and someone's pronouns would be this but they'll purposefully say their pronouns is like what they present like as um masculine or feminine and I would just be like, no, please. And don't say anything, which I should. But I'm just like, in my head, I'm like, please respect their pronouns because they've said it over and over again. And you still don't respect them, so now it's a problem. And I don't like that. And I feel like we should, you know, work on that. It's so simple. It's so simple. Just following what someone calls you. I actually I use this analogy with my... One of my friends told me about a situation that she had gotten in with uh, someone she knew where they were like, well, it feels like they're like, just pushing their beliefs onto me. And I was like, I was like, think about it this way. Like, if you tell me that you are a Christian mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, you're not, like, you're an atheist, I'm only gonna call you an atheist, you would mm-hmm. take offense to that. Mm-hmm. But what if I was like, well, no, you're pushing your Christianity on me. Like, I don't believe in religion. Mm-hmm. So, like, why is it okay for, why is it not okay for me to do that? But mm-hmm. it's okay for you to not call somebody by what they want. Mm-hmm. It's just that when you turn it onto people as like mm-hmm. something that they care about, then all of a sudden it's an issue. I feel like people like that always find this, like, small loophole. That oh, There's sure. no loophole, but they think that there's a loophole there. Like, oh, well, Christianity is the right way to go, and that's how you should be living your life. Um, that's just like a, that's like a norm thing. And if it's a norm, why are there other religions that are, like, at this, almost at the same amount of people who practice that religion if it was the norm, you know? Mm-hmm. Not just in a religious aspect, but like in different aspects of life. Like there's multiple groups that have different identities that practice different things. Mm-hmm. And to say that what you do on your day to day life is normal is I'm gonna do an episode. What is normal? <laughs> <laughs> so right. um, the norm. The norm. I like that. And it ended up. Okay, write it down. I'm not ending it out. <laughs> <laughs> um but one, I feel like one specific group of people try to classify themselves as the norm, but they're not. They're really the. They're not really the minority, but they're really the minority of what normal is, because there is no normal. 
Really? Do we have to, do we have time if I really quickly talk yeah. about? Okay. No, go ahead. So speaking on that, actually, I just read a really interesting article in one of my women's studies classes about like the origins of like heterosexuality and homosexuality mm-hmm. and how like prior to like the 1900s, there were no labels for that. It was just like, honestly, like if you, if someone went back to like the 1800s and was like, I'm straight, I'm heterosexual, people would be like, what are you talking about? Like, are you crazy? Like there was no labels for that until like the morality movements Mm -hmm. and like prohibition and stuff like that. And people started being like strict morals. Then people were like, oh, well now this is normal. This is not normal. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really like talked about like it is now or it wasn't like 60s, 70s where it was homosexuality is a disease and abnormal. Mm -hmm. But now like, people in the LGBTQ plus group have to come out mm-hmm. because they're not normal. But everything, like it didn't have a label before. Mm-hmm. Like none of this really mattered. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, there is no normal. This is all created by people. So we can uncreate it. <laughs> That's true. I feel like also within the LGBTQ plus um, scope, me and my classmates were talking today, and I was talking about um, how I want to bring on um, different people from different um, groups on my podcast and like have them talk about their experience at the university or their experience in general because obviously I can't speak on everything. I'm only a black girl. Um, so I want to bring like, on other people to talk about their experience. And um, we got into just like a mini conversation about LGBTQ plus individuals and how... Um, from like the UNC Charlotte Instagram, um, we see them um, celebrate Pride Month and bring awareness to Pride Month and honor LGBTQ plus individuals and LGBTQ plus individuals that have passed and like paved the way for future ones now. But we never see like the Lavender Lounge being um, talked about enough. And granted, me and my classmates also talked about this because that is such a safe space for the Lavender Lounge. I think the university allows that to be a safe space. So then if, I guess, I don't know how it works, if you express that you are a part of that community, they only give that information to you. See, I think that's there. I get the point of that, but then there comes the issue that, like, what if somebody's not out to mm-hmm. everyone yet and, we and talked they about don't want to tell anybody that? Yeah. So it should definitely be publicized, mm-hmm. but it should still be a safe space, but I think it can be both, mm-hmm. and I think that it says something Maybe not about our university, not talking about on it, but that <laughs> mm-hmm. they feel like they can't publicize that for mm-hmm. fear of like retribution. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't make really sense, sense to me that they won't publicize it because they're scared it won't be safe anymore. But why would you be scared of that in the first place mm-hmm. if you're confident that our school is so diverse? I think it's two things. One, you have to be a part of those like identity based groups. So. Mm-hmm. It's hosted through the IW office. So being a safe mentor, and that's like a program under um, the <laughs> IW office, um, I get like a lot of that information about like programs and stuff that they're having um, surrounded around like gender identity, social justice, um, just random things that's hosted throughout their office that they strongly encourage students to go to that the average student just doesn't get, you know? You know? Mm-hmm. And I definitely understand, like, the keeping that safe space is, like, an important aspect. But I think it's good to highlight that community because not everybody gets those emails, you know? Mm-hmm. Not everybody's a women and gender studies um, minor. Is it a major yet? Yeah. Now it's a – for anyone listening, it is a major. <laughs> it's in, like, the um, – it's a major and that's a discipline in the major. 
Yeah. It's, it's a thing. But yes, it doesn't So not everybody's studying women and gender studies. Um, not everybody is inside of like cultural organizations or identity based organizations. That's just not something that they came to school to do. You know, they feel like that, that's just not their scope. But it's still good to have a safe space for those students. You know, our Insta- um, the UNC Charlotte Insta- Instagram has like I think sixty four thousand followers. Mm-hmm. They follow me. They follow me too. But they don't follow me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you get posted. They'll follow you. Thank you. Um, they just like my comment and give me a goodie bag. Oh, they gave you the goodie bag. Yeah. Have you seen the second time you won something from them? <laughs> okay, so not the goodie bag recently. I'm talking oh. about the, oh. the, the, the first one I won. I was like, if you won something twice, so I want to win that one. The one that we commented on. They already, they already sent us one. Sorry. All right, check. I checked. Um, if I can talk about this because I talked about it in my um second episode, but I really didn't cover it how I wanted to. Um, and we have the time. <laughs> can I? Can I? Can I? I want to talk about diversity photos so much. Mm-hmm. Um, because. They're here at the, at the university, and I did not talk about I it enough at <coughs> in my other. I'm sorry. And I did not talk about it enough in the other episode because you see, and I've seen it happen in real life. They gather an African American student, possibly Latinx. You never see that ever. Um, Native American, white, Asian American. You never see Middle Eastern in the diversity pictures. With Social clubs and organizations. You have African-American organizations. You have the um, Latinx club. You have um, the Vietnamese club. You have, uh, what else? Oh, you have NASA. One of my good friends is a a, um, part of NASA. But you don't have any clubs for, like, Middle Eastern groups here at the university. And I think that's upsetting, especially how they're treated at this university. Well, and there might be, but they're not marketed. Oh, like, that's even true. Clubs like that, like, like all of those clubs are only marketed during their time of year. Like, I've that's that true. Quotes. So, like during Black History Month, you see all of the like predominantly African American clubs up there, and like during like Latin History Month, you see mm-hmm. all of those clubs. So, like, they don't promote them consistently. UNC Charlotte did a post about that, um, and they called out every um, Black organization on campus, but they did not put BSU in. They Phil, didn't? No, Phil, the com they didn't put them in the um caption, and the comments flo- were flooded with BSU, BSU, and I was like, pop off. Yeah, um, um, I feel like people of color are not even just people of color. People of color and um members of the LGBTQ plus community are only used in marketing that is ignorant, ignorantly oppressing us. You know, mm-hmm. so like. Black people were on FAFSA mm-hmm. and federal work study campaigns and being showcased in um, Black History Month and stuff like that. Um, members of the LGBTQ plus community showcased during um, their, like, is it history? or uh, Pride Month. Pride Month, yeah. Pride Month and um, things of those sorts or only showcasing them in aspects of... Um, where it's specifically like, oh, this community has been oppressed. So in like the news or in the world, let's post a picture post of a it. person yeah. that uses they, them pronouns, you know? Let's post a picture of like two girls holding hands or something or two guys holding hands. Where you, you said rainbow lights on bushes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like 
And this kind of like any during Pride Month, it's always like the rainbow. So they'll post like the buildings, like the city of Charlotte mm-hmm. especially does like the building lit up with rainbow. Yeah. And there's like rainbow lights on bushes. And it's like, here's a picture. Happy Pride Month. Because mm-hmm. it's like they can't almost like they can't find a way to like exploit LGBTQ people because oftentimes it's not obvious like mm-hmm. someone may look at me and be like oh she's straight depending on my hair color during the time <laughs> 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 if they can, can't see my tattoos or anything i'd be like oh like yeah like she's straight like they would never get it so they like can't put me on a flyer and be like gay pride mm-hmm. because it's not obvious mm-hmm. so it's like they're like picking and choosing who they want to exploit based on how easy it is to exploit them they will never exploit me I, I did. did. I did wear green windows. How can you? That's what I did too. <laughs> you can't exploit that at this point. Mm-mm. I think that it's the way that they exploit people of like the LGBTQ plus community is picking people who are biologically, I did air quotes too, um, male or female, mm-hmm. and then are mass or feminine presenting because it's like well a man is supposed to look this way so Mm -hmm. let's pick Mm -hmm. this man that looks very feminine or a woman is supposed to look this way so let's put this person that looks very masculine you know so i think that's like the easiest way that they exploit people of those communities um but in actuality just because you do things or you don't specifically go with like what your gender norm is as far as um how you physically express yourself does not mean that you're part of like the lg nothing against the lgbtq plus community but that does not specifically mean that you are a part of that community you know i know straight men who wear makeup i know mm-hmm. straight men who wear like crop tops and short shorts and mm-hmm. paint their nails and stuff like that all these things that are seen as feminine straightest person on the earth mm-hmm. you know well, and that's the that's the thing is like when they exploit people in this way where it's like this is a picture putting out for pride month and it's like someone who looks like a man wearing a dress then it's like oh well then that person must be gay Mm -hmm. like so any man who wears a dress is gay or they're Mm -hmm. like non-binary like they can't just be like a cisgender straight male Mm -hmm. and so then it puts out a different message of like and it's not just like it's it goes beyond university but it's like Mm -hmm. the call higher education plays into that stereotyping that like widespread ignorance and goes for like every single person who identifies in a way other than white cisgender straight upper class like any of those people Mm -hmm. university has some working on themselves to do and i said that last time too um all universities not just university of charlotte (laughs) no just all universities yeah all universities but because we go here and we see what happens, our university. Um. All right, guys. Thank you for joining this wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed having my wonderful friends with me. Um, so as always, peace. peace.